Well, we are continuing our series today and actually finishing it today called Hanging with the Fam, where we've been talking about the spiritual family that we have. You know, we all have an earthly family. Uh, Some of us love that family. Some of us loathe that family. Uh, Some of you are going to have to put up with them this weekend, and you're like, man, pray for me, Pastor. They're in for the weekend. But what we're talking about during the series is your spiritual family. It's been such an incredible series talking about what does it mean to be the body of Christ? What does it mean for us to come together as brothers and sisters in Christ? There's something that happens when God brings us together. It's beyond just sitting in these seats. So today, we're going to do kind of a follow-up. On Mother's Day, Laura and her mom and Sybil Hawkinson did such a great job talking about the spirit of motherhood and the spirit of sisterhood. And so today, what we're going to talk about, and I'm going to have some help with some friends that I'm going to bring up here in just a moment, but we're going to talk about the spirit of fatherhood and the spirit of brotherhood. Now, when I say that, I know for some of you, you're like, wow, that sounds really mystical, I am out. (laughs) I don't even know what that means. So let me just kind of put it in practical terms for you. To be a a spiritual father, like how could you ever be a spiritual father? What a spiritual father is is simply a mentor or a coach or a guide in someone's life. That's all it means to be a spiritual father. And we're going to talk about that a little bit today. And we talk about spiritual brotherhood, men. What we're talking about when we talk about spiritual brotherhood is do you have a friend? Do you have a, a peer in your life that is a support, a person that has faith in Jesus that is walking alongside you? And so we're going to talk about that. Now, ladies, don't check out on me. Come on, man, turn to the lady next to you and say, don't check out. Don't check out. It's for you too. So here's why, ladies, I need you to lean in. Because I know that you think you know us really well. And honestly, you do. But there is a level at which you really don't know us. There's parts that we really don't let you all the way in. And so today we kind of want to let you all the way in and kind of help you to see a little bit practically of maybe what your husband is going through, what your boyfriend is going through, what your brother's going through, what your father or your son or an uncle, who is it in your life, a friend that you know, that this this is what men are facing and this is what they're dealing with. So I want to bring up a couple of guys that are going to help me today. Uh, Eric Hawkinson, you know Eric, and then Dave Jewett. Will you give them a hand as they, they come up to help us today? These guys are um, just such in, uh, incredible men of God. I want to introduce you to them and kind of let you know who they are. You know, most of you know Eric, so Eric not only leads worship, but he has been a, uh, in youth ministry working with teenagers for over a decade now. Over a decade. So he's, he's a father, but he's also a, a spiritual father over so many young people and has done that for so long. And I really believe he has a lot of wisdom that he's going to be able to bring to us today. Some of you may or may not know Dave. His wife, Janice, is right down here on the front row. She is amazing. So give her some love and welcome her today. Thanks for coming, Janice. You're awesome. But Dave and I got to know each other about eight months ago. We did something called Leadership Lab. And some of you were at that, and I won't tell the whole story how he ended up there, but I'll give you the nutshell of it. One of my good friends was coming from Kansas City to be our speaker, and a week out, he went in for emergency surgery, was unable to come, and I was in a panic. And then I I found out about Dave. I called Dave, and he said, yeah, I would love to come. And what you may not know about Dave that I knew about Dave, I couldn't believe he gave us a yes, because Dave... um, is the creator of and orchestrates and leads your one degree. 
And your one degree is all about helping men and individuals discover their purpose. He works with uh, politicians, and he could name drop. I mean, he could name drop. He works with uh, athletes and coaches and people in Hollywood. Uh, but he's so humble, he, he won't talk about the, those people. But just trust me, he works with some very heavy hitters, CEOs that he works with. What I'm super excited about is we're taking um, one of the assessments from your one degree. And uh, just this week, I found out as I talked to Dave that he is generously donating one of those assessments to us that we're going to be able to use in our Discover assessment. Can we thank him for that? Like this, the assessment he gave is so great. It's such a great assessment. That is going to be is part of our Discover assessment. In fact, those who are in Discover class right now are beginning to walk through that process today. But I wanted to ask these guys to come, and, and I want to talk, first of all, about spiritual fatherhood. And, and we're going to look to the scriptures for this, so you don't really have to open your Bibles, but we're going to put it on the screen. The, the Apostle Paul talks about the spirit of fatherhood when he writes this letter to Titus. Now, Titus was a pastor and he wrote him this letter, and he said this, I am writing to Titus my, say this with me, what? My true son in the faith. So what's he saying right here? He's saying, hey, I am your spiritual father, Titus. In other words, I'm, I'm your mentor, I'm your coach, I'm your guide. And, he, and then he goes on to say, may God the Father and Jesus Christ, our Savior, give you grace and peace. Then you fast forward in the letter to Titus 2.7, just a little bit further, and he says, you yourself must be an example to them. Who's them? He's talking about the younger men in the church. What's fascinating here is he says, hey, I'm your spiritual father. I'm your coach. I'm your mentor. But guess what, Titus? You have a responsibility to mentor and coach others. And he says this, let everything you do reflect integrity and seriousness of your teaching. So Dave, I'll start with you uh, because you work with men all the time on coaching them why is it so important that we have these coaches and mentors in our lives and that we are coaches and mentors? Well, we men learn a lot by watching. Um, <clears throat> much of what we're doing today are, are, are things we've learned from other men uh, along the way. Um, I remember helping a guy years ago even know how to have a quiet time, and I would have a quiet time with him. Come to find out that 40 years later, He's leading a mission organization around the, around the world, and he still is using some of those things we talked about years ago. We, we tend to uh, follow what we learn. Uh, we also uh, watch how people make decisions. You know, people are just watching you men and how you make decisions, the, the, the priorities that you have, the values that you use in making those decisions kind of carry over, and I was just, just watching my father over the years and uh, learning that, um, think what was really important to him. And I often have thought in the last couple months that over the last 30 years, I think, um, he lived to be 93, but over the last 30 years, I think I learned perhaps more from him than even the previous 60 years because I watched how he handled loss, uh, betrayal, um, uh, health issues, uh, confusion, uh, disappointment. And he just always took the high road. And it just has motivated me to uh, to want to do the same. Because I've, as I've gotten older, I've seen that, you know, life is hard. And it's easy to get off track. There's a lot of things that can finish you off in different, different decades of your life. And it's just so important to have someone going before you 
who can give you a perspective and can model uh, how to live. Yeah. So many times as men, we just kind of get cocky and we think, I, I got this. Right, Eric? I mean, just... Yeah, I think, I think that there's this false truth that we believe that we've got to go it alone. Whatever that is, whether that's repairs or whether that's a road trip and you can't ask for help because I know where we're going. You know, but then, I don't know if you've ever been on a road trip with your family, there's just that look that the parents give each other, and it first comes from the, the female, and they're, they're looking, and... <laughs> Ladies. And the, <laughs> the male's not acknowledging it, but inside, he knows, I have no idea where we're heading. I'm, I'm derailing my family trip. Like, there's just... And I think that is something that we've got to really unlearn as guys, is, is that we don't have to go it alone. Like, it's okay to ask for help. I take, th- I take pictures of things that we need at the store, and I go in there, and I, I just don't want to spend the time doing the walk and looking and so I can find it by myself. Like, what, what badge am I trying to wear, you know? Like, so I'll just walk in, and I'll find somebody that works there. Do you know where this is? <laughs> <laughs> it just saves so much time. And then when you get down to the practical things, like, like a repair, like if you know somebody that knows how to do it, then give them a call. I mean... We just have to get rid of this sense of defeat and this sense of pride that we can carry as men when we can't do everything. Because the reality is, we can't. But we have this sense that we feel like we should. Didn't you tell me one of your greatest childhood memories was watching your dad stop and ask for directions? Yes. Yeah, we were. My He's dad here. Was, Wait, <laughs> Dad. Wait. There he is right there. Proud dad. Right there. Uh, There's a man who asked for directions yes. one time in his life. <laughs> So this is before the age of Google, so you could not pull out a phone and ask where you were going because there wasn't a phone to do that. And uh, we're driving to, to, to Colorado for a family vacation, and we're just lost. We just don't know where we're going. And, and so we pull over to the side, and, and my dad just does that, you know, the kind of the walk of shame is really what it is. <laughs> you know, you got to – and my dad, he's just a very tall guy. Like, he just, he just looks like John Wayne. And so – he, walking into that gas station, it felt like he just kind of got smaller and smaller, <laughs> you know, and I just remember, remember watching that, and I just thought, okay, well, he asked for help, but so it's okay for me to ask for help. You know? Oh, I thought maybe you were going to say, you know, I'm never going to do <laughs> that. <laughs> he looks so small right now, yeah. I'm never going <laughs> right. to do that. Yeah, there's a lot of simple things that we can do as men that, that model for our daughters and sons. Uh, I remember watching my dad, who was an Army colonel, uh, Washing, washing dinners, uh, washing dinners, washing dishes, helping mom with that. Uh, and uh, I love the way that he always invested in men. You know, when he, even when he was in the retirement center, he was in his 80s, uh, he pursued men. He, he gave himself to men. And, uh, he, of course, he wanted to share the gospel with them. Uh, and... You know, the passion, you know, you really pass, pass on your passion. And knowing, knowing that you know, the day before he died, he wakes up and with my sister's little guidance, he shares his testimony, he shares the gospel with one of the nurses there in hospice. And then he's gone the next day. But that, that was just a passion that he had. And, you know, you... As, as you and I really commit to pursue God, it's going to draw all kinds of quality people to you. And that's, that's really what we want to pass on, isn't it? It's not about us. 
It's, it's about Jesus and bringing the love of Jesus to each other. We just need it. And, uh, you know, one of the things that uh, a, youth, a youth pastor in our city who's had a real impact on a lot of people uh, texted me and said, hey, I just want to, I remember now, uh, I want to remind you that years ago you told me that I have what it takes. And I'm just wondering of you men, who has anybody ever told you you have what it takes? Do you actually have what it takes? Or you do you wonder that? You know, and that, and that doubt can cause you to pull back from a lot of things the Lord wants you to do. But, you know, we're all flawed. We all have different kind of personalities. But I believe that you, God has placed you where he has and that you have what it takes as you depend on him. It's such an important thing that, that we can pass on to each other as men. Ladies, I hope you're leaning in on that one because we're letting you in on the inside. That's usually something that's only said at a men's conference, by the way, <laughs> when you ladies aren't around. But that's a question every guy asks, like, every day. Every guy. Do, do, I, do I have what it takes? And, you know, Dave, you were mentioning that, you know, your father, you've talked so highly so many times to me about your father, and so many men just don't have that father to lean on, to be a, a spiritual father. That's why it's so critically important, men, because people are watching you, and you have the ability to speak something out over someone's life. It could be life-altering. You may think your words mean nothing, but I, let me just say this. So, when Dave, when you said that, what's so crazy is we had met a couple of times, and Dave and I have only known each other eight, nine months, something like that. And I think it was the second or third time we got together because I just admired Dave. And I said, I'm always looking for coaches and mentors and people that are ahead of me spiritually and that are finishing well. And I'm like, I want to finish well like Dave is finishing well. And I know and respect what he's done. And um, I said, I'd love if we could get together a little bit. You probably don't really remember this, but he said, I'd love if we could maybe do this again. And he said, Brad, I'd love to because I, I, I think you've got what it takes. I'm not kidding you. I like walked out of there and I was like, Dave Jewett just said I have what it takes. I have what it takes. <laughs> but it's so powerful. But sometimes that needs to be spoken by your father, but sometimes it's, it's not. And Talk about young men because you work with them all the time, Eric, the importance this is in their lives. And Yeah, so they, young, young men, so... And, and really, um, really fifth grade to, to, to 12th grade, they are asking that question and they're looking for it to be answered every single day. Do I have what it takes? Am I qualified? Can I do this? And whatever this is changes, but those are questions that they're asking for themselves. And I remember asking that question in high school with just different things that I felt like God was calling me to do. And I'm doing what I am doing now because my youth pastor in high school said, hey, you've got what it takes to do this. And I would just look at the things that he would do and just, I never thought it was something that I could accomplish. And, and so he, he really helped guide me into, into ministry that I'm still doing today. And it's so important for young men to hear that they have what it takes because they're looking for that to be answered somewhere. 
And, and where they're looking for that to be answered is just the quickest thing that they can have access to that gives information. Whether it's trusted information or not, they grab their phone and they Google whatever it is that they're trying to get an answer to so that they can have this sense of, I can do this, even if it's not something that they do, just that, just that thought in their mind. Like watching a simple DIY video, like they'll watch a video of how to ask a girl out or how to shave or how to change a flat tire. Whether they do that or not, they're having that in their minds just for them to tell themselves that they can do this when really they need to have that modeled and answered by somebody that's ahead of them in life. And so when you told me that, that's just so crazy to think that young people, but I think men are even doing this as well. We're going to the internet. Why are we going to the internet? It's because men in the church have been silent. We can't be silent. Because I think not only are they Googling D, uh, DIY, do, 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 whatever it is, I don't do any of that stuff anyway, so I call the guy that does that stuff. But they're even Googling who is Jesus, who is God. Is there more than one way to heaven? Is there life after death? I mean, these are real questions that are being asked by young men and people all around the church. That's why it's so important to have those mentors. I think one thing you guys need to know that God uses your interests. So um, you might have an interest in fishing and hunting and gardening and uh, sports trivia. You may have certain kinds of interests. Uh, that's an avenue to connect with a young man. Uh, you don't have to be a, an expert at it, but just doing it, you know, woodworking, but inviting men in who are interested in that to do it with you. And along the way, you can pass on who you are, and you can actually just, you can, you can convey the love of Jesus uh, as you love them and accept them and enjoy them. It'll be life-changing. Even one encounter can be life-changing for these guys. So I want to talk also about spiritual brotherhood, this idea of having a peer support, having a, a friend, guys we need friends in our lives. And Paul alludes to this in a letter that he wrote to another guy named Timothy. And Timothy was also a pastor that he had raised up. Paul had raised him up and appointed him in this church. And, and if you look in 2 Timothy 4, 9, we'll just put it on the screen for you. He says this to Timothy. He says, please come as soon as you can. Demas has deserted me because he loves the things of this life, and he's gone on to Thessalonica. Crescens has gone to Galatia, and Titus, who we talked about a moment ago, has gone on to Dalmatia. So what's happening here is there's guys that have gone on because they had to move and had to move to other places, but then he's had friends who have deserted him. And Paul's like, I need a friend. And then he says this next part, verse 11, say these words with me. What does he say? Only Luke is with me. This is so important because even Paul needs a spiritual brother. See, Luke is the guy who wrote the gospel of Luke, the account of Jesus' life. And so Paul's got these men, these men that he's mentoring, but now he's got this spiritual brother in Luke. And he's like, everybody's gone, but I still got Luke. And then he goes on to talk about Mark, the guy who wrote the gospel of Mark, and says, hey, send for him, have him come as well. And I'm thinking... If Paul needed friends, if there's one guy I would think doesn't need friends, it's Jesus and Paul. I mean, they're just spiritual giants. But speak to that, Dave, this idea of men and, and this idea that we need friends. We need uh, people that are peers in our lives. Why is that so important? Well, one thing is uh, peers know where you are. You can kind of fool the people above you and fool the people that are following you, but it's kind of hard to fool a peer because they know where you, we are. Um, I moved 17 times growing up, 
so I had a kind of a short, uh, short uh, view. I had a view of a short-term view of relationships. So it was kind of, hey, I'm going to be here two years. Can I get to know you. See you. Bye. Don't go very deep. When I was 40, I started to really understand more about a, a, a deep relationship. And, and uh, it was a, a friend of mine who was a, a business leader and uh, had a bunch of kids. And, and we just both decided we we're going to commit to figure this out. We're going to commit to be friends. And it just kind of uh, made it easy for us to, we didn't feel like we had to have an excuse to call each other. So we would call each other during the middle of the day and just we'd take a 30-second snapshot. Hey, how you doing? What's going on? Hey, I pray for you. See you. Uh, that, that became the foundation of a relationship that not only started, not only grew with him, but it actually has spread to about six or seven other men that I've been walking with now for 27 years. And we do something every year with each other, an annual event, but we also meet with each other throughout the year. And I've got to be around guys who are going to who inspire me. Okay, I won't keep showing up for just accountability. But I need men who will inspire me. And you guys can do, be that with each other. You know, just by being humble. And some guys inspire me by just sharing, hey, I'm struggling too, man. So uh, it kind of gives me hope to keep keep in the battle. Eric, you told me that you really, you, we gave your dad such a hard time, but I, it's, I go ahead and build him up a little bit because he's, he really modeled this for you. Yeah, so I, my parents, uh, the, the, they grew up in Sunday school, and then uh, I know we were giving Sunday school a hard time, giving so much a hard time these days. We're bringing back the felt board. It's coming back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I grew up going with my, my parents to church and always seeing my parents a part of a Sunday school group, always. And, I mean, I, I remember seeing a video as a kid of my dad getting in the middle with this young married Sunday school class when I wasn't even, like, they didn't have any kids. It's just my mom and my dad and other couples, and they're playing charades or whatever it was. And I grew up having my, my dad model that for me. You just, you got to press in. You, you, you get a part of this group. And 35-plus years later, they're still with that same Sunday school group. And so I, I just, I didn't know any different. Like I always knew and growing up, this is just what you do. Like you, you're just, you're, you're with your family, they're with their friends and you're, and there were, and then once I was in law, there were kids all over the place. So we just kind of, everybody just kind of grew up just with this mentality of you, you need peers, you need friends, you need people that are in the same season of life. What's amazing I love about that story is that your, your dad had this peer-to-peer -peer relationship but it also bled into coaching and mentoring because you were able to be coached and mentored by his friends. And I've seen that right. in my life right. as guys that I've walked with for years. And, and they have in turn then poured into my sons and, and been a part of their lives and helped raise them up. And, yeah. you know, what you said there, too, I think it's just such a way to um, really put uh, tie the whole series together is – this is why it's so important to put your roots down in a church and let them grow. I, I believe so strongly that God at times will call you out. We are a sending church, and there's going to be times God's going to send you to another church or send you to start a church or send you to do a different work, and we believe in that, and we know that's, that's very biblical, but so often 
we just jump around. We just hop around and we go around. And I didn't like this. This happened to me. And I got, I, I'm sure there's been many times for your mom and dad that there were times they want, could have bailed on the church they were in because they didn't like the pastor or the music or somebody said the wrong thing. And, but they stayed the course with the same people and great is their reward. That can be your reward if you put your roots down in a church. So I want to pray for you here in just a moment. But before I do that, I, I just want to just mention briefly, because one of the things men I think we struggle with is, this is all great, but like, where do I, where do I find, first of all, where do I find a mentor and coach? Like, where do I find one? Like, do I just go up to somebody and say, hey, will you be my spiritual father? (laughs) Don't do that. That's creepy, okay? (laughs) No guy is going to want to do that. What I would encourage you to do is just look for somebody that you know is seeking first the kingdom of God. Who do you know that is seeking after God, that you say, this is a man of integrity. This is a man that I see who is living it out. And then just go to that person and say, hey, could we grab coffee sometime or grab lunch? And then meet with them. And because I can tell you that nine out of ten men that get asked that, they're going to say yes. Because what you're going to say to them is, I see something in you. Like, I want to, I want what you got. You, you, I just love, and that's what I did with Dave. I, when we met with, I met with Dave, and I got to know Dave, and I said, can we go to coffee? I said, because whatever you've got, I want it. And he's like, well, sure. Any guy who gets asked that is going to say yes. Look for those men. But you also have a responsibility to be a mentor and a coach. What does that mean? We as men have a responsibility to seek first the kingdom of God. Somebody is watching you. They might be in your home, but they might also be just in the church. They might be on the ball field. They might be a son at work. They're watching you, and we have a responsibility. And if you want to be a mentor or coach, if you're seeking first the kingdom of God, like Dave said earlier, they're going to find you. They're going to seek you out. You won't have to worry about it. The other thing is friendship. Wouldn't it be great if we had a sign-up in the lobby after the service? Like, men, there's a booth out in the lobby. Go sign up for friends. The friend booth is in the lobby. Okay, first of all, no guy would ever go to that booth, okay? <laughs> no guy's ever going to do that. But you ever, everybody remember the first day in the lunchroom? How awkward that was the first day of school, trying to figure out where you're going to sit, and you didn't want to go sit with somebody because you're afraid if I go sit there, they may not want me sitting here, and so you wait to be asked. I think we've got to invite men into relationship. I think the best place that you can find those spiritual brothers that you desire and that I desire are not in Sunday school, but in what we do now is some churches still have Sunday school, like Bethany First Church has Sunday school still. But what we do, we do the same thing. We just don't do it on Sunday morning. We meet in homes all across the Tulsa area, Sunday nights, Wednesday nights, throughout the week. I, I would encourage you, get into a core group. Get into a small group with other men and get to know them. Grab a next step card, fill it out, write core group. We will help you. If you say, I'm just looking for peer-to-peer relationship. If you're looking for peer-to-peer relationship, we can put you in a group of men that are of like mind with you. But you may say, I need a coach. Like, I need, I need a, a mentor. Guess what? We can put you in a group where you can begin to find a spiritual mentor because we have people that are doing that right now that are specifically in groups, not to have peer-to-peer relationship, but men who say, I want to be around those guys. because I want to learn from them. And they won't leave those groups because they want to learn from those men. But here's the last thing I want to say about friendship. Men, we've got to invite other men in. 
we're terrible at this. Ladies, you're awesome at it. You're like, oh my goodness, let's get together, let's talk, let's have you know, tea, and let's have the scrumps or whatever those things are that you eat, and those weird chicken salad things with almonds in it or whatever, just weird stuff that you eat. Uh, you ladies, you're great at that. Men, we're terrible at it. No man is really going to ever invite himself into a circle. I can't remember the last time I ever invited myself into a circle. Still to this day, I see a guy standing in a circle talking, and I'm like, I probably ought to not go over there because maybe I've, just even when you see a circle, we need to be good at inviting other men in, like seeking other men out and saying, are you in a core group? We would love for you to come and be a part of our group. We'd love for you to come hang out with us. Man, we need to do that. We need to reach out to other men.